SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap tonight. And we'll be chatting Barclays Premier League as the title race hots up. Uh, we'll chat to Justin Tareen. We'll also look ahead to this weekend's Super Rugby action. And we'll look back at last night's athletics that took place down in Port Elizabeth. But looking ahead to tonight, Mamelodi Sundowns welcome the Democratic Republic of Congo champions, AS Vita Club, to the Lucas Moripe Stadium for the second leg of the CAF Champions League tie. AS Vita take a one lead into the clash following their victory in the first leg in Kinshasa. History is not on the Brazilian side, though. The two sides met back in 2009, where AS Vita scored a 3-2 aggregate win over Sundowns, and before that, they played out to a 4-all aggregate draw, with Sundowns losing on the away goal rule. Kickoff in that one is in an hour from now. There's also absolute Premiership action to look forward to tonight. Um, Pumalanga Black Aces come up against bottom of the log Maritzburg United. Staying with the Absa Premiership news, good news for Kaiser Chiefs. Goalkeepers Itumalen Kuna and Brilliant Kuzwayo have returned to training that following minor hamstring strains. It was also announced today that UEFA will use Hawkeye goal line technology at the Euro 2016 tournament. Meanwhile, FIFA president Gianni Infantino is hopeful that video replays will be ready to use at the 2018 World Cup in Russia. And while he was at it, he also allayed fears that Russia will not, uh, or will rather, uh, be financially able to host the World Trophies in 2018. Knows, of course, uh, the economic situation, and uh, we have received sufficient guarantees that uh, this will not have an impact. I think actually quite the opposite. I think that the World Cup can contribute to boost not only the football movement but uh, the general economy here in, in Russia. I'm actually quite convinced about that. When we see the impact that the World Cup today has in, uh, uh, in the world uh, for an important country like Russia to organize such an event in such a period of time it can only have posit- a positive impact in the whole, uh, not only Russian, but world economy. It was also announced today that Jose Mourinho will manage England against Claudio Ranieri's uh, rest of the world side, that in a charity match at Old Trafford in June. On to rugby, the Lions have signed former junior Springbok utility back Sylvain Mohuza with immediate effect. Mohuza, who left the EP Kings due to their financial problems and was part of the NW Pucket team that won the Varsity Cup just a few weeks back, signed for the Lions and he'll turn out for their Curry Cup side in a match against the Blue Bulls in Alberton on Saturday. In Super Rugby News, Cheetahs coach Franco Smith has named an unchanged starting lineup to face the Rebels in Melbourne on Friday. Jonah Placid starts uh, at fullback for the Rebels. And fit again, Toby Smith is chosen at prop. Garth April comes in at fly half for the Sharks, while Keegan Daniel replaces Daniel Dupria in two of three changes for their clash against the Highlanders. Highlanders fullback Ben Smith returns from injury as part of six changes to their starting 15 for their clash uh, on Friday. In cricket news, Proteus batsman David Miller's left the Dolphins. He'll play his domestic cricket at the Knights uh, going forward. The Dolphins also lost the services of fast bowler Kyle Abbott, who is uh, moving to the Warriors from next season. Hong Kong all-rounder Irfan Ahmed has been banned for two and a half years after failing to disclose approaches made to him to engage in corruption. That, according to the ICC, the 26-year-old Pakistan-born cricketer was provisionally suspended in November with the ICC's anti-corruption unit investigating his role in relation to the activities of another suspected offender. 
in the IPL today. It is match 14 taking place in Mumbai. The Royal Challengers Bangalore batting first there. Posted 170 for 7 in reply. The Mumbai Indians 6 for 1. They need 165 runs with 9 wickets remaining. That's after 1.1 overs. Looking at some golf news now, an impressive field has gathered for the latest event on the European Tour, the Shenzhen International. Kiridesh Api Banrat defends his title, while twice Masters champion Bubba Watson is the best-ranked player in the field. Nick Dai is there and previews the action. It's the second staging of the event at the Genzong Club in one of China's biggest and fastest-growing cities. Afi Barnrat edged out the home star Li Hao Tong in a playoff last year, and he reckons his form is good enough to go close again, aiming for a fourth to a victory. Watson was only just inside the top 30 last year, but he'd come straight from Augusta. He feels his preparations are much better this time around. Alex Levy won over the course in the China Open, and given his form at Valderrama, he'll expect to play well. Likewise, Tommy Fleetwood, who was second that year and came close again 12 months ago. In staying in golf, uh, the boys and girls teams that will represent South Africa at the 24th edition of the Toyota Junior Golf World Cup in Japan was announced today. Top-ranked Marco Stain will spearhead the boys' competition, while number one-ranked Ivana Samu will lead South Africa in the girls'. In tennis, two-time champion Kai Nishikori, def- uh, defense of his Barcelona Open title, uh, got uh, underway today with a 6-4, 6-2 win over Tiamo Debaca. Philip Kohlschreiber advanced following a straight-set victory over Pablo Carrera Busta. Top seed Rafael Nadal down Marcel Granola's 6-3, 6-2 to advance as well. And finally, in some cycling news, Alejandro Valverde won his third La Fleche Wallon in a row and a fourth title overall following his triumph in the 80th edition of the race today. There was also good news for Team Dimension data. Mark Cavendish claimed victory in Stage 2 of the Tour of Croatia today and with it claimed the overall race lead. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll chat some Barclays uh, Premiership with Justin Turin. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. And uh, just as things are looking pretty interesting here in South Africa from a footballing perspective, they're looking even more so uh, in the UK at the moment. In the Barclays Premier League, it's uh, still, I mean, who would have thunk? I'm looking at my watch now. It's the 20th of April, and we've still got Leicester City top of the log. Although they did uh, drop some points this weekend, so we could be in for a very nervous finish to the season. We join now by football pundit Justin Turin. Justin, welcome uh, on to SAFM Sports Rep. Nice to, nice to catch up once again. Welcome. Yeah, yeah good to be back again, Brad. Um, sure, my predictions last week went we're the greatest in the world, but uh, let's hope that they've got a better second time round. We won't hold you to it. Before we chat about Leicester's fortunes and, and the way things are, are looking in the league, let's look ahead to tonight's fixture. Uh, there is a cracking match uh, on the cards. Uh, Merseyside derby at Anfield. Yeah, it's going to be a really, really interesting game. They are, everyone's hyping it up to be a massive Merseyside derby game. I don't know. It's going to be a good game to watch in that, but... I, the way things look at the moment, I mean, Liverpool had such an emphatic win over Borussia Dortmund in the Europa League uh, in the second leg there. And Everton haven't been playing too well of late. I think that it's going to be a, a difficult game for Everton to go there to Anfield and, and try and get anything. Uh, they seem to be the draw kings at the moment, so they love getting draws. And I think, to be honest with you, if I was an Everton fan tonight, I know it's a Merseyside derby and you always want to beat your, your bitter rivals, but... Uh, I think if I was an Everton fan, I'd be pretty satisfied with the draw at, at Anfield tonight. I, I think Liverpool are going to go guns blazing, even though they do have the semi-final to start thinking about in the Europa League. 
uh, I think that they are going to put a, a lot of focus and attention into this uh, Merseyside derby. West Ham up against Watford as well, and then uh, Manchester United are, are in action tonight too. Uh, they welcome Crystal Palace to, uh, to Old Trafford. The interesting thing about tonight's clash is they, they, they're catch-up games essentially. I mean, these, these teams have all got a, a game in hand from the guys at the top of the log, so they'll all be closing ground on, on what the, the, the positions that they're chasing in the league. Absolutely. I mean, that's what every team's trying to do now. Man City, unfortunately, slipped up a bit last night in their catch-up game, and they were hoping to get all three points, especially after a massive win against uh, Chelsea. They didn't manage to uh, to pick up some points in the catch-up game, but Man United taking on Crystal Palace, can't really see an upset coming there. Although, having said that, uh, I don't think you would have uh, put money down that uh, they would have caused a bit of an upset at the Emirates Stadium over the weekend, and Crystal Palace managed to do that and uh, walk away with a point uh, at Arsenal uh, over the weekend. So, uh, they're kind of a team, they're not really fighting and playing for much at the moment. And those are kind of the teams that you want to be playing in the Premier League at the moment. The teams that aren't at the top or at the bottom, they're not really fighting relegation, but they're not playing for any European spots. And Crystal Palace are kind of one of those teams, so they don't have a hell of a lot to play for tonight. Um, but having said that as well, you've got to remember Man United do have an FA Cup uh, semi-final coming up this weekend against Everton. Um, so they might be resting a couple of big players because that's their one trophy that they can realistically win. So maybe we won't see the strongest Man United team come out there tonight, which would open the door a little bit for Palace to uh, try and see if they could maybe uh, go there and get a smash and grab kind of victory. Let's look at the league table as it stands now. Leicester City still on top. They've played 34. They're on 73 points. Spurs are currently lying second. Same amount of games. They are five points adrift. And following this past weekend's results, where, where Spurs absolutely hammered Stoke and Leicester ended up drawing with West Ham at home to all, it's closed the gap slightly, and it's not long to go now. Nerves, nerves are going to play a big part in this title, uh, title race. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the good thing about it, though, is that neither team have really been in this position before, to be fair. It's been many years since uh, Spurs have really been up there right at the end of the season. And, of course, Leicester have never been in this position before. So uh, nerves are going to play for both teams. Both teams have never experienced this kind of uh, pressure before. So that's going to be the beauty of it, to see who crumbles more than the other one does. Uh, also, I must be honest with you, I, I just wonder if Leicester City have thrown their, their entire Premier League campaign away with a silly red card that uh, Jamie Vardy got over the weekend and then antagonizing the referee the way that he did and now he's serving his ban and that. That could just cost Leicester City. It's such a rookie mistake and I almost feel so bad for them because everybody just wants them to win now. And I must be honest with you, I can't off the top of my head think of their fixtures, but I remember seeing their fixtures the other day and their fixtures, their remaining four games that they have left, seem to be a lot more difficult than uh, Spurs' last four games. So I reckon from the last four games that Spurs have got, they, uh, those 12 points, they could probably grab nine out of those 12 points. Whether Leicester City can do that without their star player anymore, I don't know. And five points is not that much. Everyone seems to think they were running away with it, but five points is not a lot. It's two slip-ups, and, and that's it. It's gone. And, and like I say, without their star player now, Jamie Vardy, Will Riyad Mahrez come up and step up to the plate now? Is somebody going to try and fill his place? I don't know. That's a big question, and that's what we've got to wait and see. But it's going to be a very, very interesting and nail-biting uh, last four games of the season for them, too. Yeah, that it is. And, and like you say, big loss. Jamie Vardy's been uh, their, their star this season, and, and they are definitely going to miss him. So we'll, we'll watch that very, very closely. What do you reckon? I mean, there is still a lot to play for. I mean, you mentioned the teams who, who are, are, are chasing titles and, and, and teams who are fighting relegation. Newcastle United last night picking up a point. They they would have been desperate for the win. They they still there or thereabout. They're not out of danger just yet as far as I know. I mean, they're one point behind Sunderland, two points uh, behind Norwich. So if they pick up uh, a couple of wins in their final few games, they, they, they have a chance of staying up. 
Absolutely, and I think to pick up a, even a point against a big team like Man City, that just gives you the confidence boost that you need. It's not just the point. It's, it's, the, it's all about the confidence. And that they've looked at it now and they've gone, you know what, we really can do this. We can stay up. We've, we've managed to grab a point against a massive team that's, that's fighting. I, I don't really know if you can call Man City uh, fighting for the title anymore, but a team that's right up there playing for a, a, a UEFA Champions League position. So I, I think that'll just give them the confidence that they need. I mean, we already know that Aston Villa have been relegated. There's no way that they can make get out of relegation now so they, they've done and out so there's two more spots and like you say just just getting that one point here and there just makes such a difference i mean most of the time on the last day of the season it can come down to goal difference so by getting even one point here and there you don't want to be playing the teams that are that are fighting relegation at the moment those are the teams that you want to be avoiding right at the end of the season because those teams have everything to play for and nothing to lose so they just they just throw the kitchen sink in and, and give it everything I'm sure you can thank me for saving the best for last. You're a massive Arsenal fan. They're in action tomorrow <laughs> night. Still, still some to play for for Arsenal. Obviously, there's spots in Europe up for grabs. They, they, they play West Brom tomorrow, if, I, if I'm correct. And uh, West Brom, like you say, they're one of those teams that are sitting mid-table, not much to lose, not much to gain. Uh, and it's going to be an interesting one for the Gunners. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Arsenal haven't been in the best of form lately. I mean, this weekend. Hang on. Can, can I jump in there, Justin? Let's be honest. You, you say lately. How long is lately as an Arsenal fan? <laughs> well, if, if you want me to be blatantly honest with you, probably the last 12 seasons, to be honest with you. But if uh, we're talking recent times, probably uh, the last uh, two, three months, I'd say probably since the start of the year, Arsenal have been way below par. Um, but we've kind of become used to this as Arsenal fans. We just can't seem to finish seasons properly. And I don't know, something needs to be changed at Arsenal Football Club for for this uh, for this thing that keeps happening every single season to, to kind of end now. It just, it's not even a joke. I mean, it's just... It's, it's expected. We, we know the end of the season. We start off so strong and then we just completely throw it away. So something needs to be done, whether that's manager change, I'm not sure. Um, but they definitely, we can't keep banging our head against the wall and expecting a different outcome. And that's what we seem to have been doing for the last 12 years. But yeah, I mean, we've got West Brom tomorrow. On paper, you'd like to think that we, we, we've grabbed all three points, but I would have thought the same against Crystal Palace and we didn't manage to do that. And Arsenal do still have a lot to play for. I mean, even fourth place now in the Premier League might not be good enough. If uh, Liverpool win the Europa League, that gets in the spots in the Champions League next season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so fourth spot isn't even good enough anymore. So a lot of the teams, Man City and Arsenal, seem to be fighting for third spot at the moment to guarantee them Champions League for next season. Because who knows, whatever happens with Liverpool, like say in Europa, that could mean that uh, fourth spot doesn't manage to uh, take to take a, a Champions League position. So I'd like to think that Arsenal know that they have something to play for. City slipped up last night, so it's a good chance for us. We're one point behind them at the moment, so that'll give us a, a two-point gap. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we can we can do something there tomorrow night and uh, try and secure a third, uh, third spot for us. Well, I think we're in for a very exciting conclusion in the Barclays Premier League uh, this season. Justin Turin, thank you so much for joining us once again here on SAFM Sports Trap. Much appreciated. We look forward to catching up again soon. Thanks, Brad. Keep going. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. Another super weekend of super rugby to look forward to this weekend. And things really looking interesting uh, on the conferences. I am sort of, I think I've sort of figured out uh, how things are working. But as it stands right now, the South African group, the Stormers, uh, are two points ahead of the Lions. Uh, the Bulls sitting in the qualifying position uh, on 23 points as well. They, funnily enough, just behind the Stormers, they're in the same conference, so that's why they third on the log. But uh, things looking pretty interesting, and it was a, a great weekend, particularly if you're a Lions fan this last weekend. But we look forward to what's coming up this weekend. We're joined by rugby journal Johan Ferreira. Now, Johan, welcome on to SFM Sports Wrap. Nice to chat once again. 
Always nice to be on your show. Thanks for inviting me again, Brad. Yeah, and this weekend's action kicks off with the Sharks uh, up against the Highlanders at uh, my favourite stadium. I love that stadium, the Forsyth Bar. Uh, the Sharks have been once again in different form this season. Yeah, unfortunately so. And uh, there's a couple of problem areas. I was uh, privileged enough to attend the, the match between the Sharks and the Crusaders in Durban, and I think that's where you you could clearly see things weren't the way they were supposed to be. Still. Too much needless kicking, in my opinion. I think that's leading to the Sharks' downfall. Unfortunately, I have to criticise Joe Peterson a bit today. I, I think he struggled to take the Sharks over the advantage line. I said to someone today, it's, if you think back in Sharks' rugby, they, they're certainly missing the type of player that Henry Honeyball was and the, the type of play that he brought to the setup. Someone that can really attack that advantage line, get over the advantage line and set up the next phase, which James also did it in his career but uh, certainly it's, it's not happening for the Sharks at the moment, and clearly there's a big vacancy in the absence of, Joe, uh, of uh, Patrick Lambie. Uh, up front, they've had their fair share of injury concerns, and I think the, the biggest worry now is out of uh, the last couple of games, scrum time has been a disaster, and suddenly the referees are onto them, especially Beast and Tawario. He's getting pinned all over the place, so there's the doubt that's, that's setting in as well at a, a, at a phase of play that I think the Sharks are actually good at. And if you start getting penalised in, in, in that area, there's going to be all sorts of doubt. And where do you fall back to? And if, if, if the referee is going to be, it seems that, seem that the referee is uh, somewhat against you, it's going to be an uphill battle from then. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to get any better this weekend. I think they're going to lose. And I think the Islanders have seen what all the other teams are doing against the Sharks. Interesting to see that Garth April, the Sharks have responded by, by picking Garth April at fly half. The question is, is he going to be the answer? Is it not too early for him? Are you throwing him into deep waters and hoping he can swim? Because it almost seems like that. Yeah, it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be pretty on. I, I agree with you. The next game sees the Cheetahs up against the Rebels in Australia. The Cheetahs coming off a sublime victory last weekend. Do you think they're going to go into this one a little bit cocky and a little bit confident? Or, or will they be grounded and, and build on that performance from last weekend? Oh, it's a great game to look forward to. And nice, nice points that you've brought up. You know, you're only as good as... as of the quality of the opposition that's in front of you. And, I mean, they were always expected to beat the Sunwolves. Maybe not as comprehensive as what the scoreboard reflected at the end of the day. And no disrespect to the Cheetahs, but 92-17 is one-way traffic. I, I think Frank Smith would have been saying, yeah, it's not really ideal because it's, we didn't really get the test we were after ahead of an overseas tour. If anything, there's a lot of momentum, a lot of self-belief and a lot of confidence slash cockiness, if you can put it like that, that, that the guys will take overseas. And that's important. Don't think that that's not an important uh, aspect of play. I think they will need that self-belief. I think they will, if they can start well, I think that will put them in a good space. If they concede early and, and the defence leaks a couple of tries, I think they're in for a tough day. The Rebels have made a couple of changes. I'm glad to see that uh, Franco has stuck to the same starting team, only one replacement on the bench. So I'm, I'm confident for the Cheetah's sake, but I really do believe that it's gonna, that's going to depend on the start that they make. And if, they, if they're going to fall back to a cautious type of an approach, I think they're going to get hiding. I think they must play Cheetah rugby, and they must, uh, they must continue with what worked for them against the very weak Sunwolves team. 
and that could just be the, the, the ingredient that they need to be victorious this weekend. Yeah, speaking of the Sunwolves, they, they welcome the, the Jaguars. Uh, Hurricanes up against the Chiefs and the Force against the Waratahs. Then uh, the South African teams that are in action later on Saturday. The Storm is up against the Reds at Newlands. The Lions travel to Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium in Kings. That, that Lions-Stormers game last weekend was uh, probably one of the best games of rugby I've seen in a while. It'll be interesting to see how the Stormers bounce back from that loss against the Reds. But the Lions, I think, are going to be way too strong for, uh, strong for the Kings. Oh, most definitely. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and uh, the Kings have had their fair share of injury concerns this week, uh, and they're still waiting to make a call on J.C. Astle and Stephen Sykes. So an experienced lock combination, in doubt already. If they come through, yes, uh, that will be great news for the Kings. But I think the Lions are just at a different class. They're at a different level. Uh, Johan Ackerman has done some fantastic things with that team. Swayze the Brain deserves some credit as well. So I think they're just, they're just building and building and on the up. So I think that one aside, I think the Lions should win that comfortably. But, I, but the game for me, uh, the Stormers will bounce back. I'm, I'm sure about that. Uh, the one thing, interestingly enough, in last week's game, I agree with you. For me, that was the game of the season in, so far. And it just shows what it meant to the players. The reaction, especially from Skull Berger, who had a couple of words with the referee, Stuart Berry. Uh, I think I see Robbie Fick has come out and he has said he's got no problem with the referee. But something that stands out for me, Jean de Jong is very cool and collected. But in the game against the Lions, you, you, you saw that he was confrontational. He was uh, busy with the referee at almost every uh, breakdown where a penalty was awarded. I think they just need to go back and, and say, right, let's just regroup and build from, from what works for us. They're still a brilliant defensive unit. That we know what they can do in, on attack, and I think they would have learned a couple of lessons from the way the Bulls approach their game against the Reds. I think they'll come through, and I think they'll win. But, I, but I, it's good to see that we have two very solid teams. Don't take the Bulls away from it as yet, but I think at the moment the Stormers and the Lions have shown that our rugby is actually in a good space. And if the Bulls can also grow a, a touch more and, and, and develop into a, a, a better team than where they are now, I think we're not. We, we, there's some interesting times and exciting times ahead for us. Yeah, without a doubt, the Bulls uh, they have a bye this weekend. Then there's one other game to look forward to on Sunday. The Brumbies up against the Crusaders. That should be a great game of rugby as well. Johan Ferreira, thank you very much for your time. Before I let you go, I know you're very busy. You you're based in Newcastle in the town, and you guys have got a, a pretty decent little festival coming up. Uh, four day festival next weekend. Tell us a little bit about it. Oh, indeed. It's a special time in Newcastle, a small town in northern Natal. It's our annual winter festival that uh, is a four-day event, and we run it from uh, 9 o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night, from Wednesday to, to Sunday, uh, to Saturday night. And it's nice that the, the Wednesday greets us all with a public holiday, so we, we hope that uh, people will come out and, and enjoy some local music. We, we don't have international artists. We have uh, local talent, uh, someone like Karlene von Jarsfeld, the sister of, of Bobby, who who is currently one of the judges on The Voice. Uh, we also have an English band from Durban called Edison Tide, previously known as York. And then we have Double HP, the hip-hop art- artist, that's uh, also going to round all festivities on the Saturday night. So, yeah, entrance is only 50 rand for adults and 30 rand for scholars. So we're hoping that uh, people in this area will, will come and enjoy a good four days of music. And uh, in Afrikaans, we say a goeie keir. Lekker, man. Lekker. There we go. And all proceeds go to charity as well, Johan. Thank you so much uh, for your, your time. And uh, enjoy the Super Rugby this weekend. We look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you very much. Always an honor to talk to you. And yes, hopefully it's another good weekend for South Africa. Remember that moment you wanted to give up? When you had to fill out form after form and stand in long queues. So you sought guidance from someone with an end-to-end online global trade solution. A bank that could offer you complete control through a secure online platform for all your foreign exchange and cross-border transactional needs. For some, 
Global growth is still a tedious process, but not for you. Amazing things happen when you partner with the right people. Partner with Nedbank and take your business to the next level. Email business at nedbank.co.za for expert guidance on global trade. We're an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. Make things happen. Nedbank. Burn the Floor, the most popular dance show of them all, returns to South Africa at the Pretoria State Theatre from April 28th. Book your seats now at CompuTicket for a gloriously simple evening of theatrical high energy. This massive Broadway hit is a passionate interplay of luxurious ballroom and Latin American explosions. Burn the Floor, this ain't your grandma's ballroom. SAFM Sports Wrap. Just a quick cricket update for you in that IPL RCB Royal Challengers Bangalore posting 170 for seven uh, in reply at the Mumbai Indians as we speak 43 for one after five overs they need 128 runs with nine wickets remaining. Well, last Saturday South Africa's 5,000 meter specialist and one of the middle and long distance uh, respected runners in the country, Alra Gallant, helped Stephen Mokoka run an Olympic qualifying time in the 10,000 meter as he entered as a pace setter during the South African Senior National Championships at. Kutzenberg in Stellenbosch. Makoko, who had already qualified in the 10,000 in the US last year, praised Gallant for the good gesture uh, after he paced him uh, or, or paced the race for him for the first four kilometers. Three days later, Gallant was back on the track, this time to help uh, runners like Dumasani Slacelo, who were trying to achieve Olympic qualifying in the 1500 meter in, uh, at the Athletic South Africa night series in Port Elizabeth last night. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Yeah, I mean, he gave us a good pace, though, to be honest, to say uh, he gave us a good pace. It was, we were on point, it's just, we couldn't run the last lap, you know, as much as we were supposed to run. At least we were supposed to run faster than what we did the last lap, but we couldn't do that. So, but I mean, sometimes the body doesn't respond to what we're supposed to be done, but we'll try it again, though. Marcelo and company needed to run a 3 minutes 36.20 seconds to qualify, but unfortunately could only settle for 3.39.49. But after pacing the race for the first 1,200 metres, Gallant had done his job and says uh, this is long overdue. It's really important. Um, I'm not sure actually why we only wake up now, you know, because you know, like the East African guys, the Kenyans, the Ethiopians, they do this often. Um, we don't, we don't have the fields of the Kenyans, Ethiopians, whereby they can maybe have ten guys in one race. So I think um, this is really important for us actually to help each other to get that that, that, that good times, you know, in distance running. Because I think you know, you see nowadays, Wade van Kerk and those guys in the sprints, they really performing world class times. And I think it's up to us as distance runners and as the leads like me, Stephen, Gladwin and them also to push the barriers, you know, to get that world-class times into Yalpitsada. I think that's the only way actually to get these times within South Africa. As Gallant mentioned, the East Africans have been doing this for a long, long time and put each other to better times. Gallant says uh, the challenge in this country is the lack of top quality athletes at this level. Yeah, you know, actually, I think it's a, it's a thing that's happening, you know, worldwide, the guys helping each other, you know. Um, it's just a, a matter of fact, in South Africa, we don't have the, 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 the athletes, you know, the number of athletes to help each other. Um, but, I mean, it started from Greenpoint, where, where one of the guys assisted me in the 5,000 meters. And for me, it was really, because it's Olympic year, and for me, it's really to see a number of athletes going to the real, which would really be, be nice for South Africa. And that's actually the thing behind it, to get as much, much athletes um, to Rio, especially in the distance run as well.
Glad to hail from George in the Western Cape at studies and is based at the University of the Northwest in Potchefstroom has already qualified for the Olympics in the 5,000 metres. Together with Mokoka, they are the only two males to have qualified for the Olympics in the longer distances, plus uh, a few runners like Lusapo April in the marathon. He says they're also motivated by the success of the sprinters like Akani Sambini, Enrico Brankis, Anasa Jobodwana and the world's 400 metre champion, Void Fanikak, who've been making headlines in the past 18 months. It's me now, and then and, and, and Steven in the 10,000 meters. Um, the guys are still trying. I think uh, maybe Gleton Zazi ran a 28-28, you know. Um, so I think maybe going to Europe, he might get a 20-27, under, under 28, sub-28 minutes, you know. So I think there's still a possibility of a few guys, but I think at the moment it's only me and Steven that are um, already qualified for 5,000, 10,000, and you've got the guys in the marathon. You talk about this sprint guys, things starting to go well for them. Does that put pressure on, on you guys? No, you know, it, it doesn't put pressure on us. It's actually, oh, if I can say it's pressure, it's actually good pressure. It motivates us, you know, as distance runners to also perform good. Actually, this weekend when Wade and Cass and them were all running so good, the crowd were going wild. Me and Stephen were speaking. I said, Stephen, we need to pull something out of here because the, the guys are running. And we said, we tried to go. Crowd. Yeah, the crowd were, 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 were wanting, they were hungry for something, you know. And I said, Stephen, it's our time and we need to do something. And that's why the reason actually behind it, we tried to go for that South African record. You know, um, but yeah, like I said, it really motivates motivates us actually to do also good. Meanwhile, it's emerged that the African Athletics Championships, which would also serve as the last hope for some athletes to qualify for the Olympics, could be moved from Durban to Pretoria due to challenges with the track at Kings Park Athletic Stadium. The event is scheduled from the 22nd until the 26th of June this year and was always penciled for Durban, but now it's looking likely that it might not go there. Gladden Zazi, who also failed to run a qualifying time in the 5,000 metre last night, says moving the championships inland will affect middle and long distance runners in a big way. Yeah, we're hoping so, but I think if it can be Devon, because there's rumors that it might not be Devon, maybe it might go to Pretoria. So it might be a bit of a disadvantage for us if it's going to inland. And tell us more why. Uh, for long distance, uh, we qualify more on coastal uh, places, but if we're going to inland, then it might be difficult to make uh, fast times. SAFM Sports Wrap. Yeah, I do hope that it does happen in Durban. Obviously, doing it at altitude will slow things down uh, a lot. And that's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thank you so much for listening. We're back again tomorrow. I am at 4 o'clock on PM Live. Dwayne DeLocker returns with the PSL radio show Second Jalo at 6.30. We'll have more sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Witten. Have yourself an absolutely superb evening. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the talk shop with uh, Naledi Maleo. Make sure you stay tuned for that as well. For myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty, have yourself a brilliant evening. Right now, though, it is 7 o'clock, and Greg Close has your news.